Good day, good evening, wherever you are. I hope you are well. I hope you are feeling good. I hope everything is amazing for you. You're listening to ATL Talks Radio and line that's number one streaming talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. I am Barrington Martin the second coming at you live this chilly Thursday evening here in the great city of ATL, Georgia. Now I'm happy to be speaking with you all. I'm happy to be live here on this wonderful Thursday evening. I'm here to I'm happy to be happy and I'm happy to give you guys the news that isn't news. Because everybody else lies to you. Everybody else continues to perpetuate false narratives to you and everybody else continues to try to control your mind. And it is I Mr. Martin II, that comes to you live every Thursday to hit you all with the news that's not news so you can understand what's really happening in the world and so you can better prep and prepare yourself for whatever changes that you want to make in this world, right? You can listen to ATO Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and, of course, www.atotalks.com. So, of course, I'm pretty sure that everybody who listens to the news, everybody who watches the news, everybody who tunes in the social media, um, continues to see the Palestine-Israel war. Uh, you see that we haven't talked about Ukraine in a while. There's a lot of things in the news that we haven't talked about in a while. But I'm going to go ahead and start off um, with Palestine and Israel. But I'm not going to talk about the conflict. I'm going to talk about things surrounding the conflict because, as I told you last show, and please forgive me, people, that I haven't um, posted last um, show up on social media. I will do that this weekend. I've had a busy, 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 busy time, right? But a lot of times, um, or in respect to this conflict, everyone has been choosing their sides. And I told you guys last week that I don't have a side. My side is my side, the side of America, the side of myself and what I feel is right. And if you continuously um, continue in this 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 battle of a tussle of a, um, what side is better, you're going to find yourself washed up in the nonsense and washed up in the madness, right? So this was on the news, or this was um, reported by, uh, let's see, the Independent, and I found this interesting. And this this kind of sort of should let you know where you should be and, and how you should, um, in my opinion, look at everything that's happening in the world right now, especially within the Middle East. A State Department official resigns over weapons shipments to Israel. Josh Paul, director in the State Department, criticizes the administration for its impulsive and intellectually bankrupt response to the Israel-Palestine conflict. Josh Paul worked with the U.S. Department of State for more than a decade. On, on October 18th, his viral resignation letter warned that blind support for Israel military, military action has informed short-sighted destructive unjust and contradictory decisions that conflict with the very values we publicly espouse. That's a quote directly from Mr. Paul's resignation letter. His resignation follows President Joe Biden's meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to affirm U.S. support for Israel in the wake of Hamas attacks, a visit marked by widespread protests against the administration at home and abroad during a growing humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Now, if a person from the State Department resigns from his post because he feels that America is totally wrong and it's 
support of this one side in America is totally irresponsible of its choices as a government. This should let you know a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen. Now, again, I would be remiss if I didn't state that I'm telling you I'm not on either side. I'm on the side of this country. I'm on the side of you, my listeners. I'm on the side of every American person here in this country. Why? Because we have so many things to fix, yet we continuously play savior, play Superman to other countries while we shell out money to these countries, yet we do not fix the problems at home. It is the equivalent of having a burning house and trying to fix floods that are in other areas. When we come back home from trying to play Superman, from trying to be savior, we won't have a home. The miracle support for Israel's response and the status quo of the occupation will lead to more suffering for both Israeli and Palestinian people. This is a fact. We know this. In spite of what everybody else is trying to tell you, they're not telling you the truth. They're not being objective. They're not being reasonable. They are only stating what is good for their pockets and good for their bottom line. Every conservative pundit that you have seen on social media has been in like hands over heels for Israel. Why? Because they get paid to do so. They don't get paid by the Jewish people, though, because, again, you must understand that this is not all Jewish control. It's about Zionism, ladies and gentlemen. People rarely want to talk about this, but it's out in the open now. So it's why not, right? Again, people should understand that there is a d- direct and distinct difference between Zionism and Judaism. I say this because there you have a lot of people, you have a lot of Jews who don't follow Zionism, and you have a lot of Zion Zionists who hide under the umbrella and under the label of Judaism. Um There is a book, if you guys get a chance to check this out, it's a very interesting book and it's a very good book. And I've been reading this book even before this um, conflict started. The name of the book is called Zionism in the Age of the Dictators. It is written by Lenny Brenner. Within the book, Brenner basically speaks about the relationship between the Nazis and the Zionists pre-World War II and around World War II time. And it gives you insight. He gives you even the deepest insight as a Jewish person on how um, Zionism does not correlate to Judaism. And a lot of these Zionists who are basically looking for their own ethno-religious state have nothing to do with Judaism or the religion or the belief, but they're looking for power. They're looking for um, their own beliefs to uh, prevail within this world. And this is something that we need to talk about more, but yet because you have certain individuals who are connected to certain belief systems in in positions of power in the highest um, elements of our society. It gets swept under the rug or my favorite thing that that normally happens that anytime you give a fair, a just and a rational criticisms to those individuals who belong to a specific group of people, what ends up happening is that they call you anti-Semitic and that's not the case at all. For example, if I were to state that there is an abundance of black men, in jail, which is a normal pattern to see based on statistics, you cannot call me racist for saying this, nor can you call me a sellout, nor can you call me a coon, Uncle Tom, or anything under those umbrellas. Why? Because it is a fact. When you start to peel back these layers, ladies and gentlemen, when you start to actually do the research and you start to actually read and you start to actually see the consistencies, when you start to actually see um, 
the coincidences that are really not coincidences. It should generate questions in your mind. But people have been so afraid and so um, misled for so for so many years that they just go along just to get along, especially when their pockets agrees on the left and the right. This is why you see so many people on the left supporting Palestine. And sure, they may have an argument, but this blind allegiance to a country that is not your own country in which your country is so filled with problems that you want us to go out on the limb and um, just basically cape for other people when you don't even cape for your own people. That is a problem going forward as this conflict arises or um, as this conflict becomes more heated. I'm going to give you guys more insight, more reading material for you can look so you can stay and remain neutral and just be loyal to this great country that we live in. Why? Because going forward, it is going to be very, very important for us to stick together because as I said before on Twitter, neither Palestine nor Israel will will gracefully accept Americans if this country ever fail. And that is the truth. And it's something and it's an honest, the honest truth that we have to deal with sooner or later. Now, speaking of America, Going to more pressing issues. The September home sales dropped to the lowest level since the foreclosure crisis. In September, U.S. existing home sales reached a 13-year low due to surging mortgage rates and limited supply, making it difficult for first-time buyers to afford homes. Home resales were down 15.4% compared to last year, with a decrease in 2.0% overall, and it's rising. Despite the drop in sales, the median price of homes sold in September increased 2.8% to a record high of $394,000 and $300. Guys, this is a big deal. Why? Because as the prices of housing continue to rise and the prices of food continue to rise and the prices of everything continues to rise, it continues to perpetuate the narrative and the prediction by the World Economic Forum that by 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. And if you do not own anything, you are not a major player in this world. You are nothing but a slave. I don't know how many times we have to look at these numbers. We have to look at this data to show people that, hey, things are not um well in the, in America anymore. This is why America needs to change or has to find and has to change its identity because currently right now we do not have an identity at all under any circumstance. People are struggling. When you hear the statistic that people who make over six figures are living check to check, it goes to show that something is wrong in this nation. But what happens? We don't talk about this. We don't talk about the important things. What are we talking about? The Middle East. We're talking about a forever war in the Middle East based on beliefs. But I won't get into that deeply. I'm going to save an entire show about beliefs and about knowing, but that's another conversation. I really worry because it seems that right now with the emergence of technology, especially with um, AI becoming a thing and with social media continuously, increasingly becoming a thing and it supposedly connects us, we are so exposed to information and also incorrect information that we tend to forget the things that matter. We tend to get caught up in virtue signaling. We can we tend to get caught up in trying to s- seem pious to other people. This is why you will never, ever, ever see me state something along the lines of I stand with such and such or I support such and such, because what does it do for that cause? How does it make that cause better? How does it give awareness to the cause that's already possesses some sense of some semblance, excuse me, of awareness because everyone's talking about it? 
everyone's trying to make themselves look better or make themselves seem good instead of actually doing good. So what is doing good in this world? Doing good in this world is ensuring that you are good, ensuring that you are doing the necessary things to make yourself and others around you better. Doing good is ensuring that your household is in order, excuse me, in case a major crisis happens. By simply typing who you support on Twitter or Facebook or any other social media or TikTok, it does nothing to the cause because the cause is still going on and you're really not helping. This is something that is continuously happening in the United States, but specifically the West. And this is why, as a country, we have lost um, a sense of identity of ourselves. All we care about is our ideology. All we care about is identity. We are identity ideologues, but yet we are so lost as individuals and ultimately as a collective. We are not looking too bright to the rest of the world. There used to be a point in time where America or Americans um, used to sit as, as a signing Signing city upon a hill. That's what Ronald Reagan said. But now, years later, almost 40 years after his presidency, what have we become? What is our identity? Who are we? What value do we possess in the world? What value do people see in us? What value do people see in ourselves? This is something that I think everyone should honestly think about, but not just on an American level, but as an individual specifically, because we have lost a sense of rugged individualism and rugged individualism is very important within the world, especially within a country where we feel that everybody owes us something and that everyone or we that we are so deserving of whatever we feel like we deserve when that's not the case at all. We used to be a nation hell-bent on earning our keep. We used to be a nation where we sought to be the best. Now we are a nation, or we're a nation, of a bunch of average people or below average people who are whiny, who are like children, who feel that everything should be given to us and that we deserve everything strictly because we are living and breathing, and that is not the case at all. We are seeing world events take place on a day-by-day basis where innocent children on either side of the conflict are being killed before they can realize or have a sense of understanding of what their dreams are in the world. We don't have to deal with these issues. We are blessed beyond measure, but yet because things aren't as convenient as they should be, we have a tendency to think that we don't have enough or we have a tendency to think that we're owed. And that's not the case at all. This is why I continuously preach on a day-to-day basis that self-awareness is key within this world. And it seems that America and Americans have lost a sense of understanding of self-awareness or who they are. Um, hold on. The biggest key of life in my short life that I've lived has been the knowledge of self. And it seems that we've all lost a sense of that. We've given in to ideology. We've given in to these thought processes that don't mean anything at the end of the day. We've given in to the physical pleasures and the carnal pleasures of life. And we've, tended to totally neglect all that matters in the world and it continuously shows and as we continuously um walk down this path as we continuously um continue on with these habits things are going to get worse ladies and gentlemen and things have to honestly get worse before they can get better this is very vital for you to understand that as tupac said There's going to be some things you're going to see in the near future that's going to be hard for you to smile about. But you're going to have to grit, you're going to have to endure, and you're going to have to move forward, and you're going to have to remember that when it's all said and done, the only thing that you will have is yourself, your sanity, and the love that you, the pure love that you get from other people. Sorry for going out on the tangent. Let's get back to this news. 
Now, I found this story particularly interesting because there was no racial ideologues that jumped on this. And I wonder why that is. Perhaps it was because it's a new story or maybe it just didn't um, hit the headline simply because Israel and Palestine have been in the news um, more consistently than anything else. Amir's bank was accused of redlining, discouraging, denying loans to black Hispanic residents of Jacksonville. Amir's bank has been accused by the Department of Justice of engaging in the practice of redlining, systemically, systematically, excuse me, denying and discouraging loans to black and Hispanic communities in Jacksonville. Amir's bank allegedly located in branches in majority white neighborhoods while avoiding serving black and Hispanic neighborhoods, even closing two branches in higher minority populations. Amir's bank has agreed to pay $9 million and invest $7.5 million in a loan subsidy fund to expand credit opportunities and open a new branch of majority black and Hispanic neighborhoods in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, on the surface, again, any racial ideologue would, you know, be um, frothing at their chops in reading this. But again, when you peel back the layers and you understand why these corporations or why these banks do this, you will see that it has nothing to do with race. Specifically speaking, well, statistically speaking, excuse me, predominantly black and Hispanic communities, if they're not middle class, um, which are not a rarity, but there's not as many middle class white neighborhoods as there are middle class blacks in, in Hispanic neighborhoods. You will find that the gross, um, the income, the economic level of these areas are very low. And then when I just read to you um, the issues of home ownership and um, home sales, you will see that if you don't have any money, you can't really buy a house. And so in my opinion, in reading this entire article, I'll post this for you guys later. You will see that there was no redlining or no racism going on, but simply that America, America's bank is an institution that is involved in money and, and wants profit. And if the, this bank wants profit, they're going to go to the places that's going to allow them to get them themselves profit when you look at the data you see that they were probably losing money or probably not getting as as many or or shelling out as many home loans that they knew they were going to get a return on investment this makes them leave these predominantly black and predominantly hispanic areas we often have in respect to race have these ideas that just because uh something happens to a specific group of people that is racist and it's oftentimes not racist it has to do with other patterns that are oftentimes um, people are too embarrassed to speak about because they feel that it is a negative on those group of people when essentially it's just a pattern and it's just recognizing a pattern. I think that it's interesting that this story, and it, who's, who knows, within the next week, this story may be a big story. However, um, I find it, I found it, excuse me, very interesting, especially when you re read the article that you can kind of sort of see that this had nothing, nothing at all to do with racism or redlining. Moving on. A woman says she was raped after getting into a car she thought she had booked for Uber. A woman was raped by a man she mistook for her Uber driver after leaving a Boston nightclub. The driver took advantage of the victim and the situation, according to Suffolk County District Attorney Kevin Hayden. Despite thinking she was getting a ride home, the driver drove behind buildings, covered a window with a T-shirt, and proceeded to rape the woman. Afterward, he drove her around before dropping her off near her house. The alleged perpetrator, Kabel Najib, think of that name, Kabel, Q-A-B-E-L, Najib, was arrested and charged with rape. 
Uber confirmed that Najib is not a driver for their ride booking service. Here's some more information. He's a 20-year-old man from Westchester, and his bail was set at $10,000, and he returns to court on November 15. Now, I'm going to be following this story um, simply because I think that that's interesting. Of course, we've um, seen all of the fear tactics as well as the fear-mongering and respect to uh, immigrants being allowed over here and the actions, the um, savage the savage actions that they take against women. We've seen this in uh, Sweden specifically, in which Sweden is probably one of the top five uh, countries in the world with rape, rape right now, specifically because of the influx of um, immigration that has entered their nation. Now, of course, this doesn't speak to all immigrants or, or whatever. This doesn't speak to um, all foreign people that are going within a country. However, again, going back to my original point, we have to be truly, truly aware of patterns. Now, ladies, I have to say this because um, I have sisters and I have a lot of women in my life that I care about. But ladies, ladies, please do better in understanding your safety. Please, please stop riding Ubers by yourself at night when you're hanging out. Please have a chaperone or a man or someone or another woman or someone that can look after your well-being. And more so than anything, please be careful. Please be careful with these ride-sharing um, apps. Please know who is picking you up. This is why I don't understand in this day and age, why hasn't there ever been um, a ride-sharing app specifically for women, by women, where um, you have like retired security or security guards ensure that women get to point A and point B safely. I feel that women don't mind paying a premium for a service like this if it guarantees their safety. I really feel it's, it's, it baffles me that this hasn't happened yet. And I think that this a, a person, this is a, a million dollar idea in my opinion. A person will make a lot of money from this by basically just being thorough and giving thorough background checks in, in respect to security officers or people that have, um, what do you call it, experience in security. This needs to happen. This Things like this should not happen at all. But again, as I really believe, this is a sign of the times, and this lets us know where we are in our society right now. Music publishers sue AI company Anthropic over song lyrics. I found this very interesting. Music publishers, Universal Music, ABKCO, and Concord have filed a lawsuit against artificial intelligence company Anthropic, accusing it of misusing copyrighted song lyrics to train its chatbot Claude. Anthropic allegedly violates the publisher's rights by using lyrics from at least 500 songs without permission, including songs by the Beach Boys and the Rolling Stones, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars and Beyonce. The lawsuit claims that Anthropic's AI chatbot Claude generates almost identical copies of copyrighted lyrics infringing on the copyrights owned by Concord and Universal Music. The reason I thought this was interesting because it makes me wonder um, where is art going in our society right now? When people aren't inspired and people don't produce anything from the soul, what happens to a society? When you think about all the great artwork of the 16th century, 17th century, 18th century, even the 19th century, you will see that um, these individuals was inspired by the times they were existing in, whether it was by love 
whether it was um, by passion of, of the current events of those days, revolution, you name it, they were inspired. Can you think of any sense of um, artisticness that has been showcased within our generation? I tried this when I read this story and I could not. And I found that to be very, very problematic. I can't even think of a movie or a song, a simple song over the last maybe 10 to 20 years that has been, um, that has captivated my spirit or captivated the spirit of others. Sure. There have been popular music. Sure. There have been popular movies. Um, you know, we brag about things making money these days, but do we ever brag about things that are capable of touching the soul? Do we ever brag about things that are able to motivate or able to inspire? That leads me to ask, when is the last time um, any of you that are listening have been inspired? When have you seen something, watched something, heard something, something of artistic nature that has um, inspired you in any type of way, whether it's to produce something or whether it's to do something or where they simple touched your heart? I can't name one thing. If you're listening on Twitter, um, give me something in the comments. I want to read those later on, but I haven't thought about one thing and with AI approaching it seems like to me the the human artists if not touched by their craft or their by their art form they're going to get lazy because we're going to have everything produced for us and to me that's a that's a very 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 scary thought extremely scary thought in in other entertainment news and I thought that this is very funny because of course this happened in 2016 Cher stated that she will leave the U.S. if Trump gets reelected. Boo freaking who? She quotes and says, um, I quote, if he gets in, who knows? This time I will leave the country. A concerned individual expresses their fear of the potential impact of a specific individual in position of power. People who just disagree with each other before are now enemies. The divisive nature of the political climate is causing a breakdown in relationships and a shift towards animosity. He's the most, and she says this, he's the most vindictive person I've ever witnessed. Guys, this goes to show just um, how compromised our news media is. This goes to show just how ridiculous our news media is. Who gives a damn about what Cher thinks? Not us. Not me, at least. However, this made headlines. This was on the news. This was on the news so much that even Fox News chose to post this. Breitbart, Washington Examiner, the right. But why does this matter? Who cares? All this does is add more fuel to the fire of the stupidity that we are enduring, that some of us are enduring. Others are participating in it. Most of the people are participating in it. And this is ridiculous. This is why I tweeted last night that we are an embarrassment to stupidity. We have gotten so beneath stupidity that we are not, it's not even polite to say that things are stupid because things are so much worse than that. Sure, one thing is correct that there is a lot of animosity and there is a political divide, but it hasn't been caused by one man. It has been by the obsession of ideology and rhetoric and the social media and news media basically fanning those flames. This is why I say, again, and I'm going to continue to say this, as long, as long as you guys hear my voice, is that self-awareness is key. Anytime you guys notice that you are getting passionate or you are experiencing some type of physiological response to 
immediately reply to something you see on social media, you should take a step back. Because as actually, what are you doing, honestly? Are you contributing to something? Because people don't listen. People basically talk past each other, and people basically type the things that they, they want people to see, even though a lot of people don't read it. And when you have the fact that the American, uh, the normal American um, reading levels is eighth grade, you see that a lot of people aren't even intelligent enough to comprehend what's being said. So this is why I say that we really have to take a step back and see what we're doing and what we're contributing to. Because as much as sometime, and even I'm guilty of this, as much as sometime we would like to say that we want to contribute to ending the divide, sometimes our opinions um, contribute to the divide. And then a lot of times in respect to social media and in respect to a lot of the topics that we see um, that are talked about on social media, silence is golden. Sometimes scrolling is the best thing you can do. A woman made $320,000 selling fake social security and COVID documents on Facebook, Fed say. Um, Shia Maley Jackson, the owner of Diva Documents, CPN Services, pleaded guilty to producing and selling fake documents that customers will use for fraudulent purposes such as PPP loan applications and car applications. Wow. Over a span of two years, Maley Jackson created hundreds of social security cards, driver's licenses, and COVID-19 vaccine cards, earning more than $320,000 in fees. She advertised the sale of these false documents on Facebook and two websites. Maley Jackson required customers to pay half of the payment up front and the balance upon completion of the fabricated documents. She now faces a penalty of 15, yes, a maximum penalty, excuse me, of 15 years in prison for her unlawful production of fake identification documents. Wow. Guys, what does this say about our society? Um, sure, you deserve to go to jail for fake social security cards and driver's licenses, driver licenses and things like that. Um, those fake COVID cards, man, it's, it's so sad that um, people really had to put their bodies on the line to make a living. And I say this because, again, we are or we lack the self-awareness to understand that anytime the government um, enables companies to state that you must put a foreign agent in your body in order to be paid in order to make a living. You have to understand that you are no longer free. You have to understand that freedom no longer exists for you. And that's something that I don't think people understand. I think that with the racial turmoil that our country has been under uh, since President Trump was elected, I think we have um, watered down specific words and and, and slave is one of those words. We tend to look at slavery um, in a sense of having chains on, being worked to the, to the bone, not being able to do anything. But we forget that a big deal of slavery is not having um, your bodily autonomy. And the pandemic showed the world, not just in America, but all around the world, that human beings, individuals uh, with unalienable rights, ordained by God, didn't even have their own bodily autonomy simply because if they did not work, they would not eat. And if they would not eat, they will not live. And governments everywhere, under the guise of safety, under the direction of non-government organizations, showed everybody who's really boss. However, and I must say this, those of you who had the balls, those of you who had the intestinal fortitude to understand that you are not a slave and that in spite of what 
whatever the news media said and whatever the government or these non-government organizations said that you were going to be okay if you didn't take um, the secret sauce that you trusted yourselves, you trusted your gut. And no matter what um, peer pressure came upon you, no matter um, what people alienated you and ostracized you, you went with your gut and you have been validated. You have been redeemed. Now, as we step into um, another era of uh, fear mongering with this war, with, with, with two wars specifically, it's time for you to step up again and understand what's real and what's fake. It's time for you to step up again and do what you did last time because they're coming a little bit harder this time. But I have faith in you just like you have faith in yourselves. It's unfortunate that this woman um, used her capitalistic uh, drive for fraud. But, hey, as my mother always tell me, um, you should stop when you're ahead. And she was ahead by a quarter of a million dollars, and she still didn't stop, and now everything came back to get her. Now, I found this story very interesting because um, this story kind of hurt my heart, to be honest with you. A courtroom brawl bakes, um, broke out in Texas between a murder suspect of a family of a teen victim shot 22 times. Frank DeLeon Jr. is on trial for the murder of his ex-girlfriend, Diamond Alvarez, whom he allegedly shot 22 times. He pled guilty, so he did shoot her. During her emotional testimony, Alvarez's mother attacked DeLeon, claiming that he was laughing at my face. That's what she said. After the brawl, Machado expressed regret, saying they are not monsters, but the DeLeon's actions were horrible. Now, um, Frank DeLeon is 19. He agreed to spend 45 years in prison um, for the January 2022 murder of Diamond Alvarez in exchange for a 45-year prison sentence as part of an agreement with prosecutors. In my opinion, how could the prosecutors be so heartless? This man shot this girl 22 times, and the prosecutor, instead of um, wanting to give him a life, I believe, they gave him 45 years. I'm sorry. When you commit a crime as heinous as that, as a man to a woman, I don't think um, you can be rehabilitated. I'm not under the guise that um, forgiveness uh, should be rewarded for any act that you seek forgiveness for. I'm under the guise that God forgives and I don't. I totally feel for the family that um, sought to put hands and feet on this man because he deserved it. They took their He took their baby girl and... The fact that he won't be in prison for the rest of his life because the prosecutors wanted him to have a reduced sentence is ridiculous. Sure, I'm pretty sure that there is um, extra aspects or extra um, things regarding this story. But from what I'm seeing, it's just simply not enough. And I know you guys have been hearing um, over the last year and a half or so about the things that have been happening within our nation in respect to having a quote unquote two tier justice system. But we understand that our justice system needs work. It needs so much work and it often benefits those who have a lot of money. But in instances like this, it should be open and shut. Like I'm, I'm so sick and tired of taxpayers having to shell out unnecessary money for men and women who can't be really rehabilitated. Let's keep it simple, stupid. Put a bullet in them, put them in the dirt, let their family mourn, and let's move on. But 
shelling out tax dollars to, to um, basically uh, allow someone to live for the rest of their lives in solitude where your tax money um, basically pays for feeding them, housing them, and everything other? No. Ridiculous. A teen reaches $1.9 million settlement after an officer shot him in a gun battle with a bank robbery suspect in Chicago. Displaying's police settled with Ryan Wilder, a teenager they mistakenly shot for $1.9 million four years after the incident occurred. Officer James Armstrong accidentally shot Wilder while pursuing an armed suspect and killed the suspect in upbeat music and arts in Chicago. Wilder suffered significant injuries, including damage to his arm, nerve, and bone. Wilder, who was once a promising guitarist and now a college sophomore, endured multiple surgeries and still experiencing numbness in his arm. The settlement does not require displays to admit wrongdoing or liability, which is absolute BS. If you accidentally shoot someone and you accidentally maim them, you are wrong. But yet again, here we see government bureaucracy and the state and not being accountable for his actions. I'm happy that this uh, team got almost $2 million uh, from the police department, but this is a shot to police everywhere because this incidents like this um, brings the value and uh, the quality specifically of policing down. And it makes people not want to be police officers for things like this. Um, every time you hear a story like this, especially in some, a place like Chicago, um, it lets you see and it lets you understand that we have a lot of work to do in our society, especially in curbing a lot of the crime that needs to be curbed, but also bettering the state of policing in this country. And I will forever uh, argue on this hill that the entire George Floyd situation totally um, diminished policing for the rest of our um, lifetime. And it's going to take a lot for us to get back to a point to where um, policing is where it needs to be in us fighting um, the crime and minimizing the crime that we need to minimize, especially in places like Chicago or, or other inner city places within the United States. This also flew under the radar for the news, guys, and I think this may be uh, my last story for today. Yes. FCC Democrats begin process to restore Obama-era net neutrality rules. Now, I was confused on net neutrality at first, so I'm going to give you guys a brief synopsis of what net neutrality is. Net neutrality is the idea that Internet service providers like Comcast and Verizon should treat all content flowing through their cables and cell towers equally. That means they shouldn't be able to slide some data into fast lanes while blocking or otherwise discriminating against other material. In other words, these companies shouldn't be able to block you from assessing a service like Skype or slow down Netflix or Hulu in order to encourage you to keep your cable package or buy a different video streaming service. I totally agree with that because these companies are charging an, an arm and a leg for the most basic things and they're not increasing quality. Side note, you guys know that Netflix has increased um, its service and I think that starts sometime soon. But what they stated was... Uh, I heard this today. Netflix increased, excuse me, Netflix experienced um, a boom in their revenue, yet they're also asking people to pay more, even though they're not showing money out to the creators or even making um, or, or excuse me, or um, spending excess money in their films, which goes to show that, again, they're stepping on the consumer. The federal, the FCC has 
voted to begin the process of reinstating open internet rules, sparking a resurgence of the net neutrality debate. In 2017, the FCC voted to reverse the net neutrality rules, but the threat of their return and the enactment of net neutrality rules in California have prevented internet service providers from implementing discriminatory practices. The debate revolves around where the ISPs should be classified as public utilities under Title II of the Communications Act, with the opponents fearing that it could lead to price controls by the commission. I strongly believe this. The Internet is the new public square. You no longer have to read the newspaper. All you have to do is log on to the Internet, and you can see all the news all everywhere um, in one single setting. I think that we have totally... Um, Oh, we totally continue to think about things in an outdated, archaic fashion. And this is why we haven't moved forward. And this is why innovation, especially within our generation, has slowed down. The Internet um, has been one of the most remarkable tools in how people connect and um, learn information. But the Internet has also been very deadly in the rapid spreading of misinformation and um, incorrect information as well. I personally believe that net neutrality should be a thing. It's ridiculous that um, these internet companies and these corporations basically charge us extra for the bare minimum, and it's not fair. But yet we live in a corporatocracy where the corporations basically run anything as long as they grease the pockets of our politicians. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why it's going to be very important for you guys to understand that next year um, when the elections come around, no matter who you vote for, it doesn't matter. Um, I sent a tweet out to um, presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy about three or four days ago in which he was speaking about um, taking down or removing super PACs. However, it seems to me, although he's a person with a great idea and he has um, numerous good ideas, I think that um, unless he is saying that simply because he understands the truth, I feel like a lot of times we don't really fix the, the foundation of the problem. We put a bandaid on the problem. And it's just like, imagine if you have um, external bleeding, placing a bandaid on anything will not help. You have to stitch up the wounds or go inside and stitch up those wounds. I say that because the only solution to many of the issues that we see in politics is getting money out of politics. This means that, um, the Citizens United 2011 decision has to be repealed. The reason I say this is because politics and, excuse me, capital and revenue have become so entrenched within our politics. Politics is no longer about doing what's necessary for the people. As I've always told you guys, problems equals profit. On Twitter the other day, I stated that everything good, there's for everything that's good for you, there's somebody behind a desk or a politician on Capitol Hill doing his damnedest to ensure that that good thing is not happening to you because good things minimize problems in this country. If, if a country full of self-aware people, a country full of people who can do things themselves, a country full of strong families and strong individuals who handle their responsibilities the way that they should has minimal government. The government should never be in business of making money, but the federal government is definitely in business of making money. Your paychecks are taxed. As soon as those paychecks are taxed, as soon as you go buy a good, you need groceries, that is taxed. Everything around you is taxed. And essentially, you're not getting the optimal services you, sh you should be getting for those taxes. I remind you guys, um, during the beginning of the American Revolution, before it really started, 
Great Britain was taxing the colonists out the ass, but it's very minute compared to the taxation we have today. Colonists revolted over a 2% T-tax. Colonists revolted over a very minute stamp tax. Colonists revolted over the very, very small things. However, Americans today settle for the fraud and settle for the criminal actions of their government. I'm not telling you guys to rebel. I'm not even telling you guys to be angry for now, but I'm telling you guys to be aware of just how much we lack love and appreciation for ourselves to actually take the things that we take from a government that has not been doing its job in serving us. But remember, it's more vital and important for you guys to remember that it's not the government fault. It's your fault because you don't expect more for yourself and you don't do the necessary things to even want more for yourself in respect to government. Every day you wake up, you should understand that the world is your oyster. Everything that you want to happen can happen and should happen of all things. It should happen, but you have to want it. And when you coexist with a government that does things to prove to you that is bigger than you to prove to you that you're nothing but a blimp on the radar to them to prove to you that they can do and take whatever they want to take from you. You're basically acquiescing to your slavehood. You're basically acquiescing to being a subordinate, but you are all not subordinate because you're God's children and God gave every human being dominion over this world. Remember that people make governments People create the just consent that gives the government power. And it has been listed in our Constitution for years now, even though we don't follow that document. It's important to to state this because it's funny to me that people bring up the Constitution, but we don't even know what's in the Constitution and we don't even follow the documents to the T because if we follow the Constitution the way we were supposed to follow the Constitution, we would have revolted 100 years ago. We revolted right after the Civil War, if we're really being honest, but this is not a history lesson. I say all of this, people, because... If you look around the corner, things are getting worse. And if you look around the corner, if you look directly in your face, when you have organizations like the WEF telling you you will own nothing and be happy, this is not your government speaking. This is an outside force other than your government. And why does this outside force speak so confidently about what you will not have? They're not God. They're not your creator. It's time for us to go back to basics. It's time for us to gather an identity. It's time for us to do some soul searching and really understand where we want to go within this nation and where we want to take this nation. Because I promise you guys, if we continue on with this petty infighting that doesn't amount to anything but greasing the pockets of those people who are meant to keep us fighting each other, we won't even have a country before you know it. We will be completely under slavehood And like the World Economic Forum says, it will totally go by without us knowing and we will have a false sense of happiness, acquiescing to a world of misery that we will try to seek happiness within. You can stay to your talks radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. I'm Barrington Martin II. It is always a pleasure to come to you guys and speak the truth as well as speaking out my soul and speaking out my heart and pouring it all out on the airwaves. I'm going to put this show up this weekend. 
so you guys could listen to it again, so you guys can share, so you guys can um, check out the articles that I've spoken about this evening. Now, I want you guys to enjoy your evenings. I want you guys to enjoy your families. Have a great weekend. And remember, before you can love anyone, you have to learn to love yourself. Guys, it's always a pleasure. I will be back next Thursday with another hard-hitting, fabulous episode of the Barrington Report where you can only listen on ATL Talks Radio. I will see you guys next Thursday. Tweet me. Shoot me a message on Substack. I got some stuff coming out that you guys are going to read that's going to be very good very soon. I love you all. I will see you guys next Thursday. Peace and love.